Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Welcome to all of our campuses throughout New Zealand. No matter where you are, let's make some noise this morning. Welcome everybody else to our service today. A great delight to be here with you. Over the last couple of weeks, I have been making a little journey into the sport of CrossFit. (laughs) There's a new chapter in my life, but if you know me, you would know I love to learn and I love any sport where you get right to the edge of your endurance abilities. And so I've stumbled into the sport of CrossFit and I've got to say I am loving it. I have learned more about how to work out in the last two weeks than I've probably learned in the last two decades of my life before it. Last year, I actually did go to the gym fairly regularly. Are there any people out there like me who like to tithe to a gym on a regular basis? And um, I did go to a gym last year fairly regularly, and, and I, I, I did deadlifts, and I did overhead, you know, things. But for me, what I found was that every time I did a deadlift, I'd get up to about maybe 40, 50, at best, I think I made it up to 55 kilograms doing my deadlifts. And the next day, my lower back was just so sore. I was trying to do it right. I asked the trainers for help. I thought I was doing everything according to the script. And then I joined my CrossFit gym. To join the gym, you have to do a three-hour introduction to CrossFit class. And when I signed up to this class and went along, and really it was just a one-on-one with the guys at the gym, it absolutely blew me away. I want to I wanna talk you through it. This is not for the sake of impressing you with my physical abilities, uh, because I'm a, a fairly talented preacher, but not very talented at anything else, including anything to do with sport or fitness. But it does illustrate my message really, really well. So uh, I, w- I went along to the CrossFit class and he said, okay, John, he said, okay, when we go to do a deadlift, this is what we're going to do. The first thing we're going to do is you're going to get down low. You're going to tell yourself straight from the start, this is not going to start high. You're going to be low. Then you're going to get your hands and you're going to put them a thumb width out from your shins and your, shoulder, your feet should be shoulder width apart and your feet should be pointing at 10 to 2. Now, then he said, John, what we're going to do now is we're going to get maximum, are you enjoying this? We're going to get maximum, stay with me, we're going somewhere. People who aren't in the fitness are like, can we just get the sausage now? Um, (laughs) We we had donuts last week, can he just hurry up? So he said, we're going to get maximum tension on every part of your body. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, okay, firstly, thumbs. Your thumbs are going to come around. Your fingers are going to go over the top. Now your hand is going to be stuck to the thing. I'm like, that's brilliant. He said, then, then as you start to come up, you're going to corkscrew your knees. Just put them out just a little bit. I said, why? He said, because the moment you do, you're going to engage your glutes. And I could feel it. The moment I put my, my knees out, it was like, oh, I can feel that in my little tushy. <laughs> then, then he said, then he said, we're going to put your shoulders back. I'm getting, my quads are locking up here. He said, I, true story, I accidentally entered a CrossFit competition yesterday, so I'm, like, I'm feeling it a little bit. So anyway, um, so, uh, he said, is it, we're gonna, as, we, as we start, as you, before you even lift it off the ground, we are gonna put, we're going to put your shoulders back so that now you are carrying weight across your shoulders, you're creating tension on your shoulders, you're creating tension in these muscles that are at the center of your back. So then as we start to come up, as we start to come up, 
we're going to have our knees out so our glutes are engaged. As we come up, our quads are going to be engaged because we've got our back straight and not bent over, but we've got our back straight. Now our hamstrings are going to be engaged. And then before you even lift it off the ground, you're going to breathe in and you're going to create this band, intentional band of fullness around here because your, your diaphragm is full. We're going to put all this around here like a band of strength so that your lower back doesn't have to carry the weight. It's carried by all of this. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> then I tried to put it all together and failed about 47 times, but, but finally started to realize, oh, and you can lift it up. Now, there's actually nothing impressive about this. This weighs next to nothing. But anyway, thank you for your encouragement. I will take it. Thank you. Thank you. But... Uh, but as he started to talk to me about this, as he started to school me on how to lift this, this bar off the ground, I realized that last year, every time I tried to do it, I was using my lower back, I was using my glutes, I was using maybe my hamstrings, and that was about it. I never knew you were supposed to tense this the way that they taught me to tense it. I didn't know that my shoulders had to be back and my, that would put my back into this nice little convex. I didn't know any of that. But as every part of my body started to play a role, as, as I started to engage my shoulders and my upper back, and my quads and my hamstrings, and my gluteus maximus, as I, as I started to use my hands in the correct way, as each part of my body began to do its own special work. As each part of my body began to do its own special work in contributing to this deadlift, it had been a burden, like one of those really discouraging things. Like you tried it, girls all around you were like getting 100, you know, and I'm in the gym with 40 kilograms, feeling like a tote, like cap down, hood up, don't see me, you know. Suddenly, I thought, man, there's potential here. I could do more than what I'm doing right now because it wasn't just one or two parts of my body doing all the work. It was each part of my body doing its own special work and putting it all together just made it so much more possible. And I was like, my gosh, this isn't just a lesson in CrossFit. This is a lesson in how the church is supposed to function. I was blown away. Because I wonder, friend, I wonder, friend, how you think about what the church is. I wonder what the church means to you. Is church something that you attend, or is it something that you're part of? Is it something to which you go, or is it something to which you belong, and therefore because you are supposed to be there, you play a unique role, have a special part to play. And as Brad began like just help me to understand how many parts contribute to it, I began to realize that we haven't begun to explore the potential of this little white body yet. And you know what, team? We haven't begun to explore the potential of the church just yet. I want you to read with me in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to do two passages, and I want you just to pay attention because you're going to see some real similarities. Ephesians 4.1. I Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, I beg you, take note of that, to lead a life that is worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. I want everybody in every location today just to get it straight. The you is universal. You've been called. I've been called. 
We've all been called by God. God never made a mistake. He never made a leftover. He doesn't have a redundant part of his body. If you can breathe in and out, you have a calling that God has given to you. And this passage says we should live a life that is worthy of that, that we should be humble and gentle. We should be patient with each other. We should realize, guys, that we're all going to need each other. That's what he's saying. He goes on, and in verse 4, he says, there is one body, there is one spirit. For you've been, uh, one, 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 there is, you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God. I mean, anybody think he's trying to repeat something here? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one body, one spirit, one faith, one glorious hope for the future, one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. Okay, so we're all supposed to be in this together. Do you get that? However, however is our next verse. He has given God each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. I've got a calling. You've got a calling. I've got a gift. You've got a gift that has been given to us by who? By Christ, by Jesus That is why the Scriptures say He ascended to the heights, He led a crowd of captives, and He gave gifts to His people. We're stewards of something special that God has given to us. Now, then He goes on in verse 9, He says, now these are the gifts God's given to the church, and He starts the list of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and He says the reason why God gave us these gifts is in verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people, that's us. To do the work. What work? Whatever role, whatever part I'm supposed to play in the deadlift, then I'm supposed to go on a journey, an intentional introductory course to my role in church and in being part of God's body to discover the uniqueness that God has put in me and how I can begin to use it for an eternal purpose. Then he goes on, he says, this is going to continue until we all reach unity. Verse 14, we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of teaching. Then we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we're going to grow up in every way to become more like Christ. We're going to have a change when it isn't just one or two parts of my body trying to do everything. But when every part, he goes on, he says, that's going to make a difference because we're going to grow in every way. Now, here's our key scripture, verse 16. Oh, my gosh, you've got to get this. He makes the whole body fit together perfect. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, this was my, I mean, I'm just literally getting taught this, and my mind is like just going sideways, and I'm in two environments because I'm being taught how many parts of my body have to contribute to make this movement of a deadlift a success. And by the way, I'm sure I've missed out about three. But even then, as I began to discover it, I began to realize that, you know what, what was once a burden and a discouragement to me because I couldn't handle the strain of it was now something that was literally like you finished doing it 
and you've got a sore muscles in the center of your back. You can feel your abs because they've been carrying this weight here. Your gluteus maximus is beginning to feel it in your tushy hamstrings. We've got the quads getting a good workout. And suddenly, it's gone from one or two parts carrying an unbearable burden to a whole bunch of parts contributing together. And each part is growing. Each part is healthy. The part that shouldn't get used, which is my spine and the lower back, isn't getting touched at all. And what was once an intolerable burden is now a source of inspiration simply because each part begins to do its work. And guys, I just thought for us today that we should just make sure we don't miss for a moment in our journey with Jesus that God never made a redundant part of His body. God never made a dispensable member to His body. He made every part, not only of our physical bodies, but of His body, which is the church, an essential part of His eternal plan. And when each part contributes, when every part does its own special work, then the church is filled with the possibility and potential that it doesn't have if it just exists alone. Okay, I want you to jump over me today to Romans chapter 12. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12. Turn the person next to you and say, this is really important for you. This is really important for you. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Paul's writing again. He says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead you. Notice he said beg. Now he says plead. He says, I said, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. He's saying, man, you've got something special in you that you must Realize it is given to you by God, and it belongs to God, and it's for God, and we have to present that to Him. Then he goes on, he says, listen, in verse 2, this is so important. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Now, you might know that if you've been around church for a little while, but read on. Then you will know God's will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Notice the next scripture. Don't think of yourself better than you really are, but have an honest evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given to you, because just as our bodies have many parts and each part has its own special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we belong to each other. Doesn't that give context to Romans 12, 1 and 2? Where he says, listen, you've got to offer yourself to God. That's your reasonable act of worship. And then he says, and don't you let this mind be thinking the wrong way. Never has that scripture been more important because in our modern age, our incomparable season of prosperity that we enjoy in the West, and no matter who you are, you are the most blessed generation in the history of the world, period. And when we start to think about our lives, if we're not careful in our new prosperous West, we start to think of ourselves as individuals. And Paul says, don't you get caught along with the patterns and the thought of this world, but let God change the way that you think. So that's his stated thing. And then he goes on. I'm pretty sure what he says next is going to be to help me to understand the way I should think, right? What does he say next? We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. So what he's saying is we are not individuals who exist out there for ourselves, but we are part of the church together, and we belong to one another. That's who we are. 
That's the way that we exist. And listen, you might be a hand and I might be a foot and I might be, you know, you might be, you might be the eye and someone else might be the, 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 the shoulder. But at the end of the day, it is about every part of Christ's body recognizing that we all contribute towards the health and the growth of God's body, which is the church. Are you hearing me today? Let's read on. Listen, this is what he says next. He says, listen, he goes, uh, uh, verse 6, in his grace, God has given different gifts for doing certain things well. Okay? Anybody out there like me, I'm good at like one or two things and terrible at a lot of things. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving, serve other people well. If your gift is to teach, then teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If you've been given a leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you've been gift of showing a gift of kindness to others, do it gladly. So in every page, in every sentence, he's saying, there's a gift of this, you, you need to do it really well. There's a gift of this, you gotta steward that gift. There's a gift of this thing. This is not a definitive list. If you go to arisechurch.com after the service and click on the tab that says join the team, you can literally see what you'll find in Pathway, which is a bunch of different spiritual gifts, gifts of hospitality. There are gifts there of, of teaching, gifts, gifts of, of knowledge. There's gifts, there's gifts of missionary gifts. There's pioneering gifts. There's ministering to children. There's many, many spiritual gifts that you'll find when you read the Bible from beginning to end. And these are all different gifts that exist in the hearts and souls of people that are hearing this message all over our family this morning. And when all of the church begins to do not everything, See, where I got unstuck in 2018 was when a couple of parts of me were trying to do more than they were graced to carry. But as many parts of me began to work together to accomplish one thing, what was a burden to one or two parts became a blessing, a sort of futuristic vision to many parts of me that were work. I started to think, you know what? If I can get that 60, 50, 60 kilograms off the ground now without any pain, I should be starting to think about getting 100 off the ground. I should be, I should be dreaming of the future. And we can get up here and hoop and holler and say, let's make a difference in our community. And the people that are already working are like, aren't we all ready? Or if every part learns not to do more than you're supposed to do, not to do more than you were graced to do, but as each part of the body begins to discover my life has been given a divine purpose, I steward a holy calling, I'm alive for a reason. It doesn't need a title. It doesn't need a pulpit. It just needs an expression, an outlet. And as I begin to use that gift and talent to do what I've been put on this planet to do, well, then my life is going to begin to count for a purpose, and the church is going to be growing and healthy and full of love. It's not going to be exhausted. It's going to be exhilarated. That's what God wants. It's for all of us to discover the unique purpose that he put on this. Each part's got to play a role. 
In 2016, we broke ground in the Arise Center, and, and literally 10 days later, I got knocked off of my bicycle by a car. And when I got knocked off my bicycle, I got a bunch of injuries. And, and it was amazing because I had a fractured skull. They were super concerned about that. And I had a thumb that they just ignored because it wasn't life critical. Uh, a couple of fractured ribs, and they did a little bit of stuff on that. But you know what ended up being the most long-term detrimental impact from all of the different injuries I sustained? My right shoulder. It was literally just like a dead shoulder. It hit the car, and because it hit the car with blunt force, it was like the worst dead shoulder you've ever had, and it just lost all ability. So then it was just amazing because literally, it was amazing. One part of my body was weakened, and the impacts it had, let me, let me just talk you through it. I would get a sore hand on a regular basis. Like still now, two or three times a week, I'm literally doing little exercises, stretching out this hand, because the shoulder isn't doing its work. Then, then I would try to preach, and I like having this headset mic on, but I couldn't use it because this side of my body did, you want to have, you want to have some conviction, you know what I'm saying? And when, when you're kind of like putting it out there, and it's just, got, it just had no strength. It just didn't look right. It didn't feel right. I watched the videos, and I was so embarrassed because it was just like one part of my body wasn't conveying my message. So then, then I would try and carry suitcases because that's my job. I'm the man. I'd, I'd carry the suitcase up and down in our house and all over the place because we travel every day. And so I'd, I'd be trying to carry these suitcases. And now I'm, because my, right, my left side is doing all the work, I was getting pain in my back. And, then, and then, then I would have to preach with a handheld microphone. So I'd preach with a handheld microphone. But just holding it in my hand would cause my forearm to lock up. And I was having trouble doing three services with the handheld like this. But I didn't want to switch it to that hand because I had no strength. And so then I, I wanted it all to be like this. And so then, then the microphone would just progressively drop. So I finished the service and all this would be locked up and I'd be at home like, you know, trying to stretch out my forearm. But then, but then my voice was also going because the mic, they're like, lift the mic, John. People would be back there, the sounding like, lift the mic. I'm like, I can't lift the mic. Lift the monitors. You know, like, you help me. I'm helping you. you know? <laughs> but the shoulder wouldn't work. So then I had to go to the physio. What I do, I had to go to the physio. So I went to the physio first, and you do those bands. You never feel more like you're a total weakling than when you just got those little bands, you know. Oh, John, well done. You get promoted to a blue one. Like, it's just like, it's not the coolest thing in the world, but I was doing like, doing all of this and, you know, doing all that. And then finally, I got to a point where they said, okay, you can do a push-up. And true, true story, I could do four I didn't want to go to my knees like a little girly one, so I wanted to, I wanted to stay up there, and so I'd be like doing the, doing the push-ups, and I'd literally get to, just get to four, and I'd like on my third one, it'd be like, you know, this arm was like quivering, and it had no strength, and I read this week that whether you or not men live over the age of 70, it can be 97% probably dictated by whether they can do 40 push-ups. So like, I, was, I just couldn't even do it. So then I started to do the push-ups, and then over time, that became a little easier, and I could feel like, okay, I've, I've got that on lockdown now, so, so now I'm ready for some weight. Let's get some little dumbbells, and let's start to do, do some different things. So I started to do some weight. And then eventually, I began to just be able to be fully utilizing a shoulder that had been, now maybe, maybe you are the spiritual equivalent of a dead shoulder right now. Maybe you're a leader out there. Literally in some location today, you've been given a gift by God so mighty 
that you could lead hundreds of people. But as a Christian right now, you go to church. It's, it's a shoulder full of potential. So maybe what you got to do is you just got to get on a stretchy band. Maybe your first step is just to be on a people care team once a month and lead someone to a seat. Just get on a stretchy band. Do something, but start to explore the tremendous leadership potential that God's given to you. I'm only going to use one example, but extend this out to every gift, whether it's hospitality, prophecy, whether it's teaching. Just do something. A little small thing, but get the stretchy bands going. And over time, then you're like, you know what, I'm great. I can graduate. I'm ready. I'm ready for a push-up. Let's lead the people care team. I'm ready to go. So now I'm going to start leading that people care team. And I'm taking steps in the right direction. Are you with me? And then over time, you're like, you know what, I could lead, I could lead other people spiritually now. I'm going to be a life group leader. Wow. By the way, it's easier than you think to be a life group leader. You don't have to be perfect. Life group, what does it mean to lead other people spiritually? It simply means I'm following Jesus so you can follow me. As long as I stay on that journey of trying to become more like Jesus, there's always somebody who's still on the journey who needs to become more like Jesus than I've learned about already, and I can reach back and help them with the grace God's given to me already. So then I lead a life group. But you know what? Over time, maybe you could get to a point where you're ready to be a care pastor and without quitting a day job, you could look after with a network of life group leaders and a bunch of other care services available in our church. You could look after spiritually 200 people. You could be a pastor without quitting your day job simply because you started to use, you're not, you're just playing a part. And because you're playing a part, then suddenly everything about the church becomes more possible. We can all work together and do something for Jesus that we couldn't do if we were just doing it alone. Because everybody is playing a role. There is nothing about this message that is here to show you my physical prowess. Let me say that again before anybody thinks otherwise. But listen, this is the collective potential that is available to the church when everybody but just begins to realize that you've been given a gift by God. You've been given a grace by God. It's here in Romans chapter 12, I beg you. It's here in Ephesians chapter 4, I urge you, I plead with you. Because when the whole body begins to do what God has called it to do, not more than it was purposed to do, but what it was called to do, then the whole body becomes strengthened and we discover potential. Man, I went from like hating the deadlift to suddenly thinking, you know what? This is amazing. I want them to put it on the program for tomorrow's workout because I, I, can, I can explore this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better at this. I'm going I'm to go more. I could, I could reach further. And when, when everybody is looking at the body of Christ and looking at the church and thinking, I could do what I can do. You can do what you can do. And then together we can do this thing together. Well, suddenly we're, we're longing for greater vision. We're, we're leaning in to a greater sense that God is wanting to use us to change hearts and to, to heal souls and to redeem communities and to make a difference in our nation and to touch the nations of the world. We're suddenly alive with this feeling like we could do more. Okay? You with me so far? And with that in mind, I want to show you a fun video. Watch this.
Well, hey, Arise, here you are at my CrossFit gym, and we thought it might be a bit of fun for this morning's message if I could try for the very first time in my life to deadlift 110 kilograms. I've never done this before. I weigh 75 kgs right now. It's gonna be a big stretch. Let's give it a crack. Wish me on. Let's see if I can make it. Let's go. more undignified than this people it's amazing what happens when the body begins to work together what looks impossible becomes possible what seems beyond us suddenly becomes tangible and I believe in the church do you believe in it I believe in you I believe in the person sitting next to you I believe that together we are the hope of the world the bride of Christ able to do the most amazing things for our God. Oh, come on. I mean, you might have looked, you might have looked at the church. You might have looked in the church and said, wow, that seems really hard. But imagine if each part began to play its unique role. We could take this little bar, we could take this little bar and we could start to load it up with some new weight. We could start to say, you know what, Arise Church, how about we share the gospel with every New Zealander? Make sure that every home, every heart, every person in our nation gets to hear the story of Jesus. How about if we said we're going to have a small group of our church within walking distance of every home from Kaitaia, Ahipara to Invercargill. We're going to cover New Zealand with a life group within walking distance of every home. We've nearly done that in the city of Wellington. Imagine if we said that we're going to have campuses in every large population center of the country. Oh, that's ridiculous. Or is it just me opening my home? Is it just, that, is it just you teaching that small group? Is it just you giving that little gift to that child for breakfast? Is it, just, is it just the person sitting next to you giving in a creative expression to a service? When everybody starts, we can just put some more weight on here. Imagine if we said we're going to find, we're going to help every addict to find freedom from their addiction. No to pee, no to alcoholism, no to wasted destiny. We're going to say yes to every, we're going to help every prisoner get a second start. We're going to see sponsored children, impoverished children, and entire regions and communities of the world. Oh, you know what? When every part, when you do what you do, when I do what I do, when we do what we can do, when we get down low, when we say, these go out, get those glutes engaged. As we start to get these things going and these things going, and as every part of the body begins to do its own special, when that drummer's drumming, and when that bass player's playing his bass, and when this keyboardist is doing his thing, and when Sione's singing a sultry tune, then my friends, what looked like we couldn't do it, suddenly we find we can lift it, we can bop it, we can shrug it, and we can do something amazing. We can and we will change the world. It's the potential of the church. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.